but because as a body it's always been we've been always under the effects of gravity we don't know the effects of gravity yeah like you climb up the hill you blame the hill for being too steep it's not the hill steep yeah it's that there's gravity holding you down like if you went on a hill and moon you just bounce on touch the top of it because there wouldn't be so much gravity so we keep oh I know it's that fucking hill I'm never climbing that hill again but any hill will do you know the gravity is going to display its effects on any hill <laughs> that's a real heavy hill you know well you know what I mean? So we rec- we think something's the case when it's not the case. And it goes on and on and on and on and on. Yeah. We assume that we know, just like people with the, uh, with the knee being hurt. The way you say it in the language, uh, English language, is I hurt my knee. Yeah? Like I just took a hammer and just whacked it, you know? And then I wanted, I didn't do it severely enough, I whacked it again. But it sounds like that, right? It sounds like I had something to do with the knee getting hurt. I hurt my knee. <gasps> Who's that eye? That eye must be bad if it hurt its own knee. Yes. Oh, and then what happens? Well, then you feel guilty about being a bad eye. And and it goes on and on and on and on and on. And then you want to get relief from it at the 30th step of the process. You're already in the rabbit, down the rabbit's hole. Yeah? The rabbit's hole is formed when what you are, which is mine, goes in and then takes the form of the body. The body can't get up the rabbit hole because it's a thing. Yeah? What enters or seemingly enters the rabbit hole is mind, no thing. And then it gets this crazy idea that it's a thing amongst other things and now it wants to do everything possible to get out of that, up that rabbit hole, but it can't entertain that it's not a thing. So it's trying to figure out how can I freaking push myself up there and get a, gets other people to push me up and I'll finally break through. Yet if you saw yourself not as a thing, you'd be free from all that. Yeah? You'd be free. You'd realize you're still on the other side of the rabbit hole. Mind hasn't... Where are you going to say where mind is and where mind isn't if it's not informed? How can you say, oh, that's mind, and yet that's not mind? When you're looking at nothing and then you're looking at nothing. Yeah? So you keep looking at nothing, calling it space or this and that, but that's everything. What's appearing in it is truly nothing. But because we're identified as it, we've made this everything. And for this to seem so real and so serious and be everything, everything has to be forgotten. Yeah? And it can't be forgotten, so it can only be seemingly forgotten. It can appear to be forgotten in time. In timelessness, it has never appeared to be forgotten. Yeah? But in time, it can appear to be forgotten. Maybe for 70 years. Maybe for 80 years. Maybe when this little girl grows up, she's going to forget after about two or three years old. Yeah? She'll forget. Yeah? And then, and then maybe she'll have not an interest in the world to remember. She'll just get engaged in one thing and have kids and this and that. But maybe she'll be bitten by some kind of irritability, restlessness, and discontent. And she may want to look farther than the next thing. She may want to look at what's going on, you know? What's going on to all these things that are making us so freaking unhappy in a lot of ways, yeah? It's not going to be, the relief is not going to be in the thingness. It's going to be from no thing. That's the whole thing of recovery. In alcoholism, they realize alcoholism is a mental disease. It can't, the solution can't be mental. So they call it spiritual. Yeah, we need a spiritual solution because a physical and a mental solution is not going to work because we've tried them all. 
Yeah? So, okay, we're at the last house on the left. It's looking pretty bleak. Okay, let's bring in the idea of a, a, a transcendent state that's already here. All right. Wow, it works. Yeah? And it seems like that transcendent state wants to express itself when two drug addicts and two fiends and alcoholics get together. There's a grace that's available. And they're not producing it because if you looked at them individually, they're both assholes. But suddenly they're together talking and there's like a grace, of, of, like a sense of presence. They're not seeing, they are the admittance of it, but they don't, they're not thinking they're admitting it. They say, oh, it's this power greater than us. Well, where is the power greater than us? Where does it ever show up? Right where you are, yeah? Be it in Bangkok, Bogota, Hoboken, San Francisco. When you open up to it, it seems like it was right there. Because it never wasn't there, yeah? It never left. And so it doesn't have to transverse geography and time to get to arrive at where you are. You're it, yeah? So the higher power, in my view, when I had one of the first leaps in recovery was, hey, the higher power is always available at all times with no requirement necessary to meet it. Yeah, sounded pretty good. Therefore, no matter what my head was saying or how I felt or how I'd been feeling or how I was going to feel, none of that overrode the fact that it's always available at all times with no requirement necessary. In other words, I don't have to be super prepared to, to receive it. Yeah? Preparation to receive it would be a statement of its denial. I would say, it's only available if I'm da-da-da-dee-dee-dee-da-da-da. And then who's going to tell you if you met the, your, your own requirements? You? Or you'll find another false authority. All right, you tell me. How close am I in to, to God? Well, <laughs> as, you're as far as, as long as you're thinking yourself, God, you're as far as possible. You can't be any farther than that. So. There is a solution. If you have some malaise, and you, I mean, you're not here for, for the hors d'oeuvres, you know, or the raffle. We don't have any. I know you have the shirts here today or anything else. We're not going to have karaoke afterwards. And, you know, this isn't a dating service. We're not going to... So some people have married in here. They've met their spouses. And they're still... One of them's divorced, but the other ones are doing well. Yep. So our record's pretty good. It is. Like one's divorced out of four. Yeah. This isn't the point. So, you know, you're not going to get anything here. So something must have brought you here. Maybe there's some kind of ill at easeness or something, some vague malaise. It just doesn't feel right. And if you've, if, if you've ever been given the curse of getting what you want and then having the experience that it's inherently empty, yeah, and it, it seems to be a curse because that false hope we live on is great. Oh, if I only got, like, poor people suffer and there's rich people suffering. Part of poor, poor people suffering is they wouldn't be suffering if they were rich. The rich don't have that. <laughs> <laughs> they're suffering, rich people suffering, and it has no, it's not like, well, the super rich, you know? It doesn't work that way. So, <laughs> if you've had that curse of getting what you wanted, and I mean, you really thought it was going to put you over the top, and it didn't. <laughs> what happens if it doesn't put you over the top? How do you look at it self-centeredly? You look, what did I do? 
<laughs> Maybe you're just getting the failedness of the system you're relying on. Maybe it's giving you a giant invitation. Like we were, we were at a meet, we had a meeting on Saturday, and one of the members was gonna, he's gonna climb uh, Mount Shasta, yeah. And it just so happened a person that lives on Mount Shasta was there at the meeting. Just so happened, a big coincidence. And the guy was, and he has climbed Mount Shasta, this other guy. And he was trying to tell him all the shit that could, may happen if you climb Mount Shasta. And so, Dara's wife just giving you, okay, maybe I should rethink this, this idea of climbing Mount Shasta, considering I didn't, wasn't going to a travel agent. Here's a guy that lives there, knows a lot of people that climbed it, and a lot of shit is happening. I mean, being, you know, Maybe there's an invitation. Hey, maybe don't climb Mount Shasta right now. You know what I mean? But of course, we'll speed right through and we won't read the signs. And then when, when the crash occurs, we're like looking who to blame. But life probably extended itself and gave you a little warning. Hey, bro, don't do this. You know, don't do that. But no, 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 no. I'm so, I'm an ex- I have an exemption. A built-in exemption. I'm special. <laughs> Even though it didn't work for you, it's going to work for me. I know it. I have a strong feeling about it. <laughs> so you have to see if you have an irritability, restlessness, and discontent. If you've been looking at in all the wrong places to get some kind of peace and serenity. How many more examples do you need? How many you had enough? Maybe just maybe. Maybe entertain another possibility. Maybe in another direction. Let's say inside. There's no inside, but let's just say that. Maybe going in another direction. And maybe all that was called on you to go and get what you thought you needed out here, which was quite arduous and a lot of work, maybe quite easily given to you with no thought or effort on your part this way. You may just, in a way, fall right into it. Fall right into it. You know, you just go, you give up like in recovery, you surrender, and then something happens, yeah? And all the action didn't provoke it. The inaction finally provokes it. You finally give up applying the failed system to get what you hope will work for you, and you, you're exhausted, you give up, and then suddenly there, something occurs. And we very rarely put it together. Why wasn't it occurring before? Well, you were busily trying to get it to occur. You were busily trying to get there. You were busily trying to achieve it and thin it. Therefore, it couldn't show itself. Because you were busily, busy looking for it in the way you see it. Yeah? Not the way it is, but the way you see it. And sometimes the way we see it is so defined, there's no way it can ever appear to us because it's appearing to us in our own head in a different light. Yeah? Conceptual. It's like when I was came into recovery, and everyone has a desire for approval and acknowledgement, yes? Any, every action figure. And maybe you didn't feel like you were getting it when you were a kid or you were blind to it, so you may have more of an urge to have it. And so there I'm going, I'm doing talks in, in San Francisco at this meeting. Sixty people are there. A lot of people are giving me their approval and this and that. But it didn't, it's not what, it's not, it wasn't in the package I wanted it. I wanted it like a 510 blonde, yeah? And I wasn't in a sign for the fucking delivery unless it came in that package. Yeah? Therefore, every delivery, delivery for Paul, no, no, that's not the, that's the, not the delivery for Paul. Delivery for Paul, no, that's not the delivery for Paul. What happens to Paul? He's fighting, he's, he's cutting his nose off despite his face. 
Yeah? But he's adamant. I want it this way. Yeah? And therefore you have to be blind to the way. Because the way doesn't really take you into, into consideration. The way doesn't even recognize a you. Yeah? We're the only thing that's obsessed with this idea of being a special someone. Life isn't. Life will run right over that, man. It will, there was a guy where I lived in, in Australia, Byron Bay. There was a, there was a rock uh, out in the, the uh, bay called Julian Rock, and it's a famous skin diving place. Yep. And uh, they send boats out there and this and that. So this, this is a story. It's like a story when you live there. You always hear the story. Well, this guy and this woman met on one of these expeditions, skin diving, and they fell in love and they decided to get married. Yeah. They decided to get married uh, underwater at this place, this Julian Rocks. Yeah. So they did. And while they, just before they would go and I do, a big great white shark came and grabbed the male, the groom, and there it went. Never to be seen again. Now, I would imagine he felt, he, if he had a thought, other than I'm getting ripped open by a shark, he felt probably pretty put upon that, how could this happen on my wedding day? You know what I mean? But I don't think the shark took that into consideration one bit. Yeah? The shark just went there, oh, I'm not going to eat this. It looks like a groom or something. You know? Oh, it's, it's the Sabbath. I can't eat. You know? This is so beautiful, such a great idea. How can I fuck with it? <laughs> I mean, life will run you over at the most inopportune times. Because it doesn't take your opinion into consideration. Yeah. You're the only thing that thinks it should be different. Life doesn't. Life's not arguing with itself. You are. Yeah? Life's not arguing with yourself. Life isn't sitting there, should I or shouldn't I? It's a bamo, something happens, and there's reactions. Yeah? And then something else happens, and there's reactions. And it goes on and on and on. It's like a never-ending drop into a big thing of water, sending out ripples. Was there a beginning or an end? Who knows? I don't think so. It just goes on and on and on and on and on. Yeah. It's like in recovery, it says, Rule 62, entertain it. And that's Rule 62 is just don't take yourself so seriously. Yeah. Uh, here's two old uh, members I remember, vaguely, long time ago. Yes. It says, don't take yourself so seriously. Well, if you look at how serious you can take yourself, what would be the most serious could you take yourself? That it's you, eh? You couldn't take it more serious than that. Like there's these movies where this lady, there's a starlet, and then there's this other lady that wants to be a starlet. And the other lady gets obsessed about the starlet, starts wearing the same clothes, starts going to the same places, starts dating the same men, yeah? And then suddenly she gets, she starts, it's not enough, so she starts killing all the boyfriends, and she basically kills the starlet to take her place. And you go, man, that's extreme. That's an extreme obsession leading to the point of being identified, yeah? As the Stalin. Well, we're starting at the point of identification. <laughs> we're starting it. The obsessions now are just to reinforce the identification. <laughs> That's all. I mean, we have an obsession from the identification. It seems like it can ruin your life. But we are, pri we are prior to all the obsessions. We're the identification. Our mind has become identified as something that it's not. And from there, as a petri dish, everything else grows out of there. All the insanities that we could possibly entertain grow out of that petri dish. That I'm something other than what I am. 
Yeah? And that denial or that act of identification, they're both at the same time. When you're identified as a self, you're, denial, you're, you're denying your own true condition. Yeah? And then the double whammy is you may try to want to get some of your original condition, but from this idea of being a self. So now we call what we are a spiritual path or spiritual, yeah? But it has nothing to do with spiritual. You're spiritual. You are the spirit, yeah? But when you're mentally inclined or identified, the mental idea of spirituality is conceptualized, and now you, as a mental idea, wants to get spiritual, you know? I want to add a little spirituality to this mentality, so I'm getting a little too much. But just, I don't want too much. You know, it's like getting a haircut. Don't cut off too much. Just a tiny trim, because I can't see with this. Just, but don't cut it off too much. So, so, so now you're trying to become spiritual as what you're not. You want to sort of graft spirituality to a physical thing. How is it going to hold? You have to constantly apply. I swear, you go on a three-week retreat, maybe you've done it, maybe you haven't. 13 hours of meditating in... Uh, at a temple in Thailand, and I mean, 13 hours. You've been eating only one little soupy meal at 10.30 in the morning. I lost like 20 pounds on these things. And then you let go of and you got to get back to the village. I mean, your lovely, blissful state lasts about four hours, and by the time you hit the village, you get to the guest house. All the same shit just fucking surrounds you once again. You know what I mean? So what's your idea? I've got to send three months, or six months, or actually become a monk. Yeah, but if it didn't work then, it's not going to work with adding more time to it. Yeah, if it didn't work then, it's not going to work when you add more time to it. That's the old idea of all right. Now people go on retreats, and it's not enough. It can be a retreat. It's also therapeutic. They get foot massages. They have some tantra maybe thrown in there. They have vegetarian meals three times a day. There's no fucking just eating before 12. It's like fucking gourmet, sumptuous feasts. You know? I did this one retreat at a famous place in Marin, and I was on the 11th day. Yeah? And so every night, we'd walk to the place where they fed us. Yeah? And actually, I didn't want to leave because my room was better than the room I have in my house. It was unbelievable. I, didn't, I wanted to move in there. It was like I call it the upper middle way. It was so high class. It was like so high class. So, so there I go. I'm sitting. So I get there early to the place where they have the food. So I'm walking in like this, and everyone's you're, you're silent. You're not saying anything. So I sit down, and as I'm walking in, I see they put ice cream out for the first time. Yeah. So okay, oh, my mind starts moving. Oh, ice cream. And so I sit down. Now I watch everyone else coming in. They're very somber. They've been meditating like 12 hours every day. That's total silence. And they walk in, and they look, and right what's, what they see is the ice cream. I could see their eyes. And the whole, all the wheels started spinning. And some of them, what they did is they went right to the ice cream, got it, put it at their table, then got the food. <laughs> they didn't even go sit first. They went right to it. And, I went, and there was all the effects of the two weeks like that. Two minutes. Ice cream. Yeah. What do you think? You have any chance? Give me a freaking break. You have no chance. There's nothing you can freaking do or have. You know, it doesn't work that way. It's inherently that's your nature. If you can just entertain what you're not, you'll fall back into what you are instead of trying to seek what you are for what you're not. 
You realize what you're not, and you'll fall back into what you are. And then you'll be relegated to find out what it is, not try to know it. Because you can't know it as something other than you. That would give you too much credit, yeah? But you go, you'll know from it. You'll realize, I'm not that, I'm not that, I'm not that, I'm not that, and therefore, that's that. Yeah? And then you find out what it's like to have, you know, or like it says in recovery, you'll know peace and you'll comprehend the word serenity and know peace. Yeah? You'll know it. And then it says, you'll have a new freedom and a new happiness and a new attitude and a new outlook. It doesn't say you'll have a better attitude and outlook or have, you'll have better freedom and better peace or it'll be longer lasting. New. Totally new. Not from this place. Not on your terms. Yeah? Not on your terms at all. And basically, anything that's worth its salt will have a timeless quality to it. So it will dawn on you. Not, it won't be a long, drawn-out dawning. There will be a hit. Yeah? And then it will play out in time, but the hit's not of time. And it wasn't triggered by time. It's your own mind. Yeah? Not the mental process. The mental process is like a bastardization of mind. The big M of old Zen. You know, if you don't understand what I'm saying. It may infer beingness or awareness. But I think it's much more uh, kinetic mind. It's much more, for me, it just registers a much deeper feeling. So, the thing is, let's say if uh, there's a movie Moon. You ever see the movie Moon? Yeah, the movie Moon's a trippy little film. It's only got one guy in it, basically. And he's, uh, he's working on this... Uh, I'm going to ruin the movie for you, so I hope you don't want to see it. But uh, hopefully it will ruin this movie. That's really good. So there's a, he's on this big thing on the moon, and they realize they found a new energy source on the moon to run everything instead of oil and everything. They found it. So they have these huge like farms up there on the dark side of the moon, and they have these huge things that are harvesting this ore, and then they process it. Yes, and it only takes one guy to run it, and he's in this huge facility, and he's been there for five years. He has a five-year contract. He's got two weeks left, and so he and he has pictures of his family on Earth and he's a Boston Red Sox fan and all this. He has this whole life going on. And then he gets a notice something went wrong with one of the facilities outside, you know, where the harvesting's going on. So he takes this little rover and goes there and he finds a, a spacesuit with someone in it. First time he's seen anyone else there. And he looks like the person's hurt. And he looks in and it looks like him, Yeah. So he gets this thing in, he gets the guy in and takes the rubber back, and it looks just like him. Yeah? And what happened was, well, you'll find out, what happens is so the guy wakes up, and then he's just like him, but he's, he's got a much more pissed off attitude, and he's a Yankee fan. But he has a story about a family, and he says, hey, listen, you know, they probably thought I was dead, and therefore you showed up. This guy. He says, what? Oh, he says, yeah, there's hundreds of us. And the guy's going, what? He says, yeah. And he's looking right at it, and he goes, you and I are clones. We're clones. And the guy's going, what? I'm going home in a week. You know, I talk to my, I think I talk to my wife on this video phone every week or whatever, and I have all these pictures. And he says, come on down below. And he, they both go down below, and there's like 2,000 tubes of the same face, the same body. And so now the clone, who thinks it's a human, yeah, has total indisputable evidence that it's a clone. Yeah. 
Okay, so here it is. There's the clone, but the programming is that it's a human. And now here's the news that it's a clone, beyond any kind of dispute. What receives that message? That it's a clone. Not the clone, the human does. The programmed sense of being a human. Yeah? Clones here, that's all it is, but he has this programming that he's a human. He's got this family, this and that. He hears the news that he is not that. I mean, emphatically, there's thousands of me. How can, if there's thousands of me, how can there be one of me? You know, it's that simple. And so here's the message. But what the myth that catches that message is the myth of programming that you're a long-lasting, independent, separate entity. You've got this family. You've got the Red Sox. So none of the evidence is going to dispute that. And that's the point. It doesn't have to be disputed. That's the programming. You're an action figure seemingly here. But there's a possibility of that message of what you're not to get through what you're taking yourself to be and then get received by the mind, which will allow your peculiarities to continue because there's no reason not to, yet will now know it's not that. Yeah? It's not that. Yeah? The myth will always be raised from your programming, this, I like that, I don't like this and that. But you're not buying it anymore. You've been relieved of the bondage of self. And the idea of self is being a long-lasting, independent, separate entity. Usually fixated as a body. Your mental process identifies you as a body. Yeah? So to be relieved of that bondage of self, not to self, because there's no self to be bonded to. It's an of self. It's a verb, a mental verb going on. You're being remembered as your little action figurehood. Yeah. You're being remembered. Every time you worry, you're remembering you. Every time you think about you in the past, you're remembering you now. Yeah. Because your thought system pictures you as a body, and it pictures you as a body in the future, because it goes, what's going to happen to me? That me, that it's feeling, is, sense, is pictured as a body. What's going to happen to me five years from now? How would a, why would a spirit worry about what's going to happen to it five years from now? Because it's, it, it's the same as what happened to it five years before. Nothing. <laughs> what the hell is he going to worry about? What's going to activate the mental process? The sense of being a spirit or a mental freaking idea? So what happens? You're now freed. Now, the action figurehood is still going. You still have the Red Sox hat on. You haven't come over to the Yankee side. You got the pictures of your family. But something has changed. You have a deep feeling that it's not so. Not being bad or good, just a little relief from it, yeah? So, like, you wear it loosely. You can travel lighter over all the geographies of your life. It's not going to change your geography, but you'll travel lighter over it. So you will go back from the space system, and you'll find your wife probably sleeping with some other guy, and you're going to get divorced, and all this is going to fucking happen, and you wish you never even had that Boston Red Sox hat on. And yet, see, but there'll be a traveling lighter because you'll be on to the story. Yes? You won't be the author anymore. The story doesn't have to end for you to begin because you never began. It's just a recognition of I'm not that. And how does that recognition occur? I don't know how it will occur for you. But to me, the way to get to it is no way. You ask the questions of who the hell am I? Yeah? Ask a subjective question. Like, if I'm worrying about next week, the emphasis goes totally off the topic of worry. It goes, who's worrying? Let's see if it, who's it? Who is it? 
Something's be rep- is being represented by that thought, right? That line of thought represents as a someone that's worthy to be worried about. Yeah. Let's just see who it is. And if it's not me, what will happen? Find out. When I found out, when I realized it wasn't me, I lost interest in all that which is being used to facilitate it. Yeah? I lost interest in the thought system. They weren't held as mine anymore. I just saw them as thoughts. Yeah? Feelings weren't my feelings. They're feelings. They have meaning, but not as they're not drenched in meaning like when they when they are when they're in my. Change just Take one example of a thought and add the word prior to it, mine. It changes the whole meaning. Put the, put the money, put money up there, put sex up there, put health up there. Yeah? Based on where you think you are, the meaning will be distributed. Yes? If you don't have any money, it may be very important right now. Yeah? Stuff like that. Maybe you'll be looking to have sex with someone you think has money. Who knows? So, to get money. You think you want to have sex with them, but you just want security, really. The mind does. It doesn't care about the sex. All right, so here, money, health, sex. Now, add the word my in front of it. Don't, you're going to tell me it's, it's not changed when it's my money? My health? My sex, you don't think it's not changed at all? It has the exact same meaning as before. Money has the exact same meaning when it's construed as my money. Does it? No way. And if you wait it, I bet you the my is the, is the root of all the heaviness in your life. A problem is a problem, but when it's your problem, Jesus Christ. You know? Time is time. My time? I can't be wasting my time. Your time, I don't give a shit about, but my time. Can't be wasting my time. Take the my out, or just question it. What precedes the my? Don't try to get relief from the my afterwards. It's just a, it's you know it doesn't work. Go prior to it. What's prior to the my? What's prior to the act of claiming? Yeah. What's prior to that? What's a problem is if it isn't mine? What's a thought if it isn't mine? What's a feeling if it isn't mine? It'll be vastly different than when it's yours or construed as yours. You want lightness during your day? Start entertaining it. Yeah. We, we're just possibilities. Wherever your mind is resting, that's how it's going to be. Yeah, like Jesus supposedly said, hey, you can't serve two masters at the same time. Either you're having devotion to your thought system or, you're at, or that thought system is under suspicion. Literally. Yeah. What happens if it's not about you? You're going to lose interest in it. I swear to God. Use the self-centeredness. Find out what self-centeredness is and then use its, its one of its basic habits to get relief from it. You don't give a shit about most stuff unless it has something to do with you, really. Can you imagine what's, if what's producing the sense of you has nothing to do with you? You'd lose interest in it, yeah? If you lose interest in the systems that facilitate the bondage, the bondage diminishes. The interest isn't in the thoughts, it's in that you're the thinker of them. The interest is not in the thoughts, but you're the object of the thoughts. That's where the interest lies. If someone came over to my house and started talking about what was driving them crazy, and I can't feel it, see it, taste it, and touch it, I'm bored in a minute. But I may have be entertaining the same thoughts. If I hold them as mine, they have a huge power to affect me. Yes? 
If I see them as yours, I don't get... It's not contagious. If you're sitting here telling me it's an earth-shattering event, my earth isn't shattering, nothing like that. But the same thoughts held as mine could produce a seeming earth-shattering event. What is it? Is it the thought, or is it the mind? Or is it the thinker? That's where the relief lies. It's not, it's not trying to manicure and harvest and corral your thoughts. It's by realizing you may not be the thinker of them. If you're not the thinker of them, you'll lose interest in them. If you lose interest in them, you may your mind may shift to another modality of living, not so self-centered. Yeah. Why not try it? It's a failed system. If you read it, if you know recovery, it gives us an answer so you don't have to go through so much fucking hell. It says, why are you in so much fear today? It doesn't say the specific fears. It says any fear. Why are you in so much fear today? Okay, let me let me see. My knee's bad. It may not get better. I won't be able to surf. Uh, uh, you know, all this stuff. No, 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 no. That's a, that isn't it. A what? Oh, no. I don't have any money. No, that's not it either. What it is is... You ready? Isn't it because self-reliance has failed us that we're in so much fear? Try it out. See if that, if that rings true for you. It's rang true for me. If my mind is resting in self and relying on it, that system is a failed system. If I have faith in a failed system, what is it going to produce? Anxiety. If I have faith in thoughts that are about yesterday and tomorrow, what's, what's, what can actually happen is my faith will turn into anxiety. I'll be devoted to the thoughts, and those thoughts will have the ability to take me out of every seemingly out they can, but take you out of this moment and put your attention into a future or a past moment. Yeah? And it's your devotion to the thoughts that produce the harvesting. And what do you harvest? Anxiety. You don't even have fear anymore. We have a mental, we have mental anxiety that mimics the physiological and, and emotional effects of fear. But we're not. How many times we're feeling anxiety? If, if Jesus, you'd be so drenched in adrenaline for fight and flight. If that was the case, I mean, how many times were you really in a lot of fear in your life? Maybe twenty, thirty. Some people lucky, only four or five. Yeah. But these pe- people now are producing the same effects without any threat, just by thinking. Just by the thoughts about yesterday and tomorrow, it can provoke a reaction that's not produced by right going on now, but it's produced by what's not happening. You can't. The only way that could be done is by the faith you have in it. Your, it's your faith. How can next week affect you now? It's not happening. But your thoughts about next week can affect you if you have faith in those thoughts. And where does the faith come from? The thinker, or the object of the thoughts, not the thoughts itself. Diagnose it correctly, and then you can expect some fucking radical relief, you know? Literally. Unless you don't want it, don't go for it. But I mean, if you want, if you're proclaiming you want to be free, man, question it. Maybe you just want to want to be free. It's different. You know, a lot may be called on you, or very little may be called on you. If you really want to show up for that, <laughs> you know, who knows? But if you don't, then shut up. Fucking <laughs> just do what you want to do. Instead of, oh, I really wish it would be different. Yeah, then oh, no, I'm not going to go to a meeting now. That's too much to have. You know, something like that's it's unbelievable. 
So there is a possibility, there's a freedom. And I think, like it says in AA, there's an unsuspecting inner resource right where you're sitting that's not being tapped. Yeah. How many how many flowers did you smell today? But how many thoughts did you attend to today? How many little trips up in your head did you attend to? How many sounds did you actually hear? Of course, you're hurting a lot, but I mean actually witness hearing it, being conscious. Yeah. But where does most of our interest and attention go? It goes up into the noggin, yes? It's not resting in the heart. It's not resting in the elbow. It's, it's resting in the head. And if you're resting in that head, you're living an interpretation, because that's all you can get from there. Interpretation of time, of yesterday and tomorrow, of there and then. Interpretation of you as a body. And interpretation of everything else as bodies. And what we're sorely missing can't come from the system that's producing that. It can't come from the mental realm. And it's not going to be produced by doing and having, because its quality is unproduced. It's uncaused. It's always so. It's always available at all times, right where we are. You and I are not in a moment, we are the moment. Without us, as we are, there is no moment. So this whole idea, I always joke about it with those, a lot of self-help books came out with, uh, you know, how to get into the moment. Yeah, it used to blow my mind. 500 so how to get into the moment and then you know you maybe would very rarely read a whole book do you the self-help books you get and you wait for the second edition how to really get in the moment you know and then you sign up for that one and you get a DVD how to really really get in the moment but it's all produced it's all dependent on an insane idea that you could be out of a moment yeah it's a totally insane idea you have not been out of one moment of your life ever yeah. Not what you are. No fucking way. Even the body, you're thinking you're spaced out, but if you look at the surveillance cameras, you were there at 8.15 Wednesday night. <laughs> oh, I was thinking about Hawaii, but you weren't in Hawaii. <laughs> so and then, then the opposite is we're trying to get out of something we cannot possibly be in. You're not a self. You're not a long-lasting, independent, separate entity. This baby doesn't know it's an entity. doesn't have a name yet. It probably doesn't have any... It's probably just seeing light and variations of light. And its mental system is trying to develop to such a point where it's going to give you the whole news in one little enchilada. You're a someone. You've got a name. Your name is... Makala. Yes, you were born here. Do you have any memory of it when you were eight or nine? No. Basically, you have to rely on some fucking story from zero to three. You know, most people have no memories of when they were kids, and suddenly, oh, you just bypass that, and then you, oh, then, but I've been here all the time. You weren't even there then. What, you know, the sense of you wasn't even being produced when you were a baby. But suddenly you forget all that, and now you feel like you're the continuum of all continuums. 
You're the one constant in your inconstant crazy life. It's a story. I mean, if you enjoyed it, fucking far out. But if you're not, you know, maybe it's going to go on and on. More and more chapters are going to be added. I'm telling you, it's not over. <laughs> once you once you bite the, uh, the the apple from the tree of knowledge, you're screwed. <laughs> now it's me and them, and this and that, and high and low, and connected and disconnected. And I'm just not happy, and it's because of you. Yes, if only things would work out. <laughs> it's funny, even the story my head tells about I hurt my knee, hurt this knee. I didn't do it, please. I'm, I'm innocent. The knee got hurt January 8th. And so when the thoughts, when the mental system thinks about it, because that's all it can do, yeah, it can just think about it. It thinks about how great everything was from January 7th down. <laughs> like I never had any trouble. And then, oh, it was so great. And then the knee, the knee got hurt. And then it goes, you know, Paul, you've been hurt now three or four months. It has to season everything with time. Yeah? Got a lot of big fucking dollop of time in there. Because you can handle almost anything if it was just today. But four months? Fuck, when is this going to end? <laughs> yeah. Oh, and it's been going on and on. You don't see the story spinning out from the basic. And where does it spin out from? The original story, which is that you're a long-lasting, independent, separate entity. You're the haver of all the stories, and you're a story. Story begets stories, yeah? And the beautiful part of the first story is it doesn't think it's a story. And it says, I have all these stories, but I'm not a story. Well, guess what? You may be a story. And if you let go of that one, you'll travel lighter through all the other stories of your life. Yeah? I don't know. If you like it, it's a good idea. You don't? The thought system's not going to free you from thoughts. No freaking way. No way. You can't, like Einstein says, you can't go to the system that produced the problem to get a solution. It's a simple, dynamic little axiom. Yeah? You can't go to a failed system and expect it to work. Yeah. Like it, oh, I don't think it's a failed system. All right, maybe you don't. Well, does your system of thought have a lot of excuses for why you're the way you are or why you're not the way you want it to be? Does it? Maybe. Does it rationalize why you're not the way you wanted to be or why you're not where you think you wanted to be? Does it blame people for somehow keeping you from what you wanted to be and what you could have been? Do you? Does it? Those are, those are examples of a failed system. If I was a, like a, a furniture... Uh, I delivered furniture, yeah? Now, in my delivery of furniture, I was never late. I always delivered exactly the, what they wanted on time. And therefore, there was no need for excuses, rationale, or blame, Right? I didn't have to excuse why I was late because of traffic, because I've always never been late. Yeah? So you see, something that failed needs to cover its tracks with excuses, rationalizations, and blame. But the fact is, it can't produce the goods that it has been that it's been 
crowned with that you're going to lead me into a life of happiness, joyousness, and freedom. I'm going to rely on you to get me out of the messes that you seemingly got me in. <laughs> and yet, that well has been dried up, yet we keep trudging down the same worn path with the same false hope, dropping the same bucket in, and then being really upset when we don't get any water. Yeah. Why? Because it's about us. That's it. It's like Buddhism says, it's a cherishing of self. There's a cherishing of this idea that you're a long-lasting, independent, separate entity. You don't, there's no bondage, you're attached. Yeah, the bondage didn't come from outside, the mind is the glue. Yeah. I'm going to take this pillow home. It's a good pillow. My legs. So, yeah, that's it. Any questions today? Go and, you know, any approach you want to take, try it. Go ahead. If it's a good approach, it will fail you. That's its greatest gift. Yeah. How can you, if you're assuming you're something that you're not, and that's your departure point, then how can you have, what map could verify the right location or destination if you're starting from an erroneous point? Yes? How can you expect to get to Omaha if you bought all these maps from Omaha under the illusion that you're in L.A. when you're not in L.A.? <laughs> you know? People who've been involved in the spiritual world Hopefully it's failed you to a point where you'll stop blaming yourself yeah, and look at maybe it's a failed system, at least concerning this experience called Paul. Yeah? And maybe open up to the possibility that why you can't find what you're looking for because it's what's looking right now. Yeah? You've already found it. <laughs> you're way past the point of finding it. You are it. Yeah? Maybe if there was a stopping of looking, you'd realize you're seeing all the time. Yeah. Maybe those glasses that you feel like you want to improve by putting Buddhist lens on it and, you know, Kabbalah lenses on it and Tantra yogic lenses on it, maybe you should feel around there and realize you can take them off. They're not your eyes. You could actually take them off. You don't have to keep going to spiritual optometrists trying to get the right little equation. Let me see. Oh, I saw so well, and then a week later you're not seeing. Distortion arises again. Maybe feel around. See. Maybe they're glasses. And as soon as you realize they're glasses, what's the next thing you may entertain? Hey, I can take them off. <laughs> Holy cow. That's what happened with me in recovery. The bondage of self, I was clear. That's what has been driving me crazy since I was about six, yeah? But I was identified as a self, and so I was trying to get relief from the bondage of self as a self, yeah? So all, of, all the desire to be free, I wanted to be free as a self instead of from a self, yeah? That was the trick I was missing. Finally, I heard it, and then I, was, I went to the big book, and I realized... Selfing is like a parasitical movement. It's like a foreign installment. Yeah? It's not me. And if it's not me, what did I entertain immediately? I can be free of it. Not free, and free from it. Not free as it. 
not therapizing it, not trying to civilize it, but being free from it, radically free. Yeah. How long? Today. When? Now. Yeah. Yes, that's it. Like the spring, you know, maybe a little longer. See what happens. See how, because if you're not ready to receive, the finding out may be slow, you know, because it doesn't want to blow the system up. You know? Now, one of the things that happened with me with this stuff is I, I started entertaining it, and then I realized people would call me and go, oh, this great teacher's coming to town, and I was so happy that I missed them. <laughs> I just said, oh, that's great, you know, far out, you know. I just did not partake. I did not go back to that trough. I roamed around for a while on my own in the ordinariness of, of non-spiritual specialness, you know, like your pants down. I didn't pick it up. And you know what? A lot of stuff was starting to get revealed, but I gave it time. I didn't rush to, I want to improve this vision. No. Let's just fall under that vision. Yeah. See what happens. And you may miss the, the, the value of it, because a lot of times it expresses value here by what's going to be absent in your life. Yeah, things will fall away, and when they fall away, they will be as if they never were there. But I'll tell you, if the mind shifted, it would be like white on rice very quickly. And then you'd realize what you had. Yeah. And you made it into something that wasn't special, you didn't give any honoring to it, and now it seems not to be available. It's not, it's always available, but it may not seem to be available to you. I've seen that in people in recovery. They have 20 years and they go out and they and a grace that was in their life was not seen clearly, was underappreciated. They may have called it something about them and then something changed and they don't have that anymore. It's not flowing like it did and they're dried up and they can't get sober. Then they go in and out for years. And when they talk to me, and I know one of them personally, she says, what I'm missing the most is the sense of that presence. Yeah. Yeah. So now, hopefully it's been initiated in this room now, and just honor it, you know. Just attend to it a little bit. It'll become familiar to you. And then when all the other guests come in, all unruly and making a lot of freaking noise, and proclaiming the end of things and this and that, you'll be able to rest in the assurance of what you are. It'll start having a major role in your life here, not a minor abstraction that you read about or something, but actually an an act of effect in your days. First the absences will occur and then a presence will occur. And a lot of things, you'll start feeling things you weren't feeling before. Not even feeling, sensing things. You'll sense the space of a room like you can see it with your eyes. You'll sense nothingness. 
works on both ways, absence and presence. Things get removed that weren't there to begin with and then things get revealed that have always been there. So nice little, just don't get off the operating table. Don't act out, don't die and everything's going to be really good. (laughs) That's... He says in recovery, abandon yourself. Abandon is a pretty profound word, you know. Abandon yourself. Doesn't mean abandon you. It says abandon yourself. The the idea of being a someone abandoned. You can leave it. You can abandon that fucking house. (laughs) It's been it's been condemned already. You just don't know it. (laughs) The electricity's been shut off. There's no running water. You're just living on fumes. (laughs) I'm 62 years old. I'm expecting to have a 70 year old girlfriend or something. (laughs) All this happens. You're just fucking living on fumes. <laughs> the cell things run dry. <laughs> you're just you're just breathing stale air back into it. <laughs> Someday it's gonna work out. That day better come soon. <laughs> I'm holding it out to the last moment. Oh yeah, good. Good plan. <laughs> I'm going to withhold myself until that thing, the way I want it to be, comes along. <laughs> oh, you don't see, realize if you're withholding yourself, you, if you're withholding now, you'll be withholding then. This isn't. This isn't this, and then suddenly you. When what you want arrives, you're able to, you know, you're locked in. <laughs> you're locked in. You're going to keep on withholding, and then there's going to be one breath, and it'll go out, and nothing will come in. <laughs> and it won't, there won't be any voice that tells you what happened, because the voice died with the body. <laughs> so if you're waiting to hear, I've died, you won't hear. Just like, I'm having a good time. You know what I mean? Everything's on a time delay. You never even know what's going on when it's going on. It's always a, it's like a a, a dispatch from the frontiers. Oh, this sucks. I had a terrible day today. Weren't you in it? I would think you would have known at 8 o'clock in the morning. You know, people get home from work by eight at night, dawns at them. I I had a bad day at work. You wouldn't know it while you, while it was bad You know what I mean? While banning was going on, there was no acknowledgement. You have to wait till 8 o'clock. You're that out of it that then the mind breaks the news to you. You had a bad day today. <laughs> oh, thank, thank you, wise one. Thank you for clarifying that. <laughs> if you're relying on that, you're going to miss the bus. The last bus that leaves. <laughs> you're going to be waiting on the... In the on the bench and the bus door's going to open and you're going I'm longing for the bus to arrive and they'll come on up no I'm longing my whole life I've been waiting come on up <laughs> the moment's constantly inviting us no no I, I have I have a, a I have an idea of a great moment later 
Come on, get in, get in. No, I'm going to refuse this one. I know better things are coming. Okay. <laughs> you don't think it's a form of slavery? You're being moved like a herd to a trough. <laughs> just because you don't take right turns doesn't mean you're not being led. It's just like, slowly moving here. <laughs> and all the while you're thinking you're choosing to go there. <laughs> We're being driven by so many mental winds. We're being driven by candida in the intestine. The intestines, a fungus that's been living in our body for thousands of years. It's fuel which it cannot go out and buy. Its fuel is produced, it's sugar, and its fuel is produced like white flowery things. Yet someone who has a lot of candida usually loves entomids or bagels, and yet all the while they're going to buy the entomids. I love entomids. It's the candida. It's jacked into the thought system. It can't shop. It has to use you for transportation, just like alcohol. Alcoholism has you. It can't drink can't shoot up drugs, but it convinces you or the apparatus to go get what it needs. And then once it takes you, take it, it, come, it blossoms. And now you're on a run. And yet you're going to be left holding the bag. Yeah. When the shit hits the fan, it'll be just condemning you. Or just, Why did you do what you did? You told me to do what you did. <laughs> you think you're exempt? No way. No way. You and I are being taken over tons of times every day. Mental winds, emotional winds, mental winds are blowing constantly. Yeah? Now, if you're an open flute, you'll, you'll attract certain winds that play really nice music. If you're fucking stuffed up, it's fucking going to be the, the dogs of hell howling. Yeah? You'll be in heaven, it'll be like hell in a day. Like you always used to say that. You take an alcoholic, drop it into heaven, it'll be hell of the day. <laughs> Come on. Recognize it, maybe. Yeah.